Welcome to the Thursday episode of the High Motor Podcast. Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty, we're turning the page to October here. Hopefully turning the page to my count, 33 games. We're talking here on Wednesday night. As of right now, 33 games still scheduled in Week 5. Hopefully we get something very close to that. Last week when we talked, I think it was sitting at 35 when we talked on Tuesday night. And by the time this aired on Thursday morning, I think we were down to like 29 or 30. So hopefully we get something close to 33 this week, we've had so many midweek, late week cancellations this year. I'm just hoping for something in the high 20s, something in the low 30s, and keep some of those premier games on that schedule. If you're dropping by the show for the first time, these Thursday episodes are much shorter, packed with a stupid amount of free betting advice from Big Dick player himself, Chase A. Kitty of Richmond, VA. And we're going to jump in here right Whoa. now because are you uncomfortable? No. <laughs> I just I'm I'm trying to figure out do I need to change like my Instagram handle cuz I mean that just flows off the tongue. Well, you have the burner account which of, yeah, of, course, of course. That's where I got the name you didn't you didn't want that public. Well, it's it's out there now. So. This is extremely awkward. Yeah. I mean, go go through all my Instagram likes you're going to see a lot of big dick chase in there. Anywho, there's a lot of ground I want to cover here today. And I'm sure you have some other stuff, too. On last week's show, we managed to spend almost no time on Texas. I had to put one in there when we were saying it's a little bit too early. So I think we spent like three minutes talking about Texas. We try to avoid them for obvious reasons if you listen to any episodes of the High Motor Podcast before. But I want to start right there with Texas. They host TCU in Week 5. After that Texas Tech comeback, they are 11.5-point favorites over TCU. And again, we're talking here late on Wednesday. So whether you're joining us on Thursday morning right away, Friday or Saturday morning, these lines should be pretty darn close to what you're seeing. Texas at 11.5. My question to you, sir, you talk a lot about the public perception driving lines and how important it is as a better to understand what the public is doing, how they're approaching lines, how odds makers are reacting to the public. With a program like Texas, I mean, that we talk about they largely kind of sit in that same group with the Nebraskas and Miamis and Michigans, the most overvalued, overrated programs over the last decade. They nearly lay an egg against Texas Tech team that we both believe is the second worst team in the Big 12. Now they're at 11 and a half against TCU. How are you evaluating that perception? And do you plan on taking either side of this game or the total, which is currently 63? How are you approaching this game? So let me let me start by asking you a question. If Texas goes to Lubbock last week and wins 55-21, what do you think the point spread is on this game? 17. Yeah, I, I think it's closer to 20, right? So automatically here, we have some adjustment based on what happened last week. Now, the numbers that I have in front of me, say this game actually opened at the beginning of this week at 13, and it's since been bet down to 11.5. And And keep in mind, the other side of this game is TCU, a team that lost last week. 
So this is totally a reaction to what happened last week, which in principle makes this a good spot to bet Texas. Because if one or two things, maybe more than one or two things, but if things go a little bit differently last weekend, now you're talking about laying north of two touchdowns. Instead, we're getting them here at 11 and a half. Like that's decent value against a TCU team. I don't really know what to do with them yet. They're, they're alongside Iowa State, alongside West Virginia in the, in the middle to bottom half. Let's say like the third quadrant of Big 12 teams. I don't really know what to do with them yet. So in principle, I think this is a spot where you might want to bet Texas because it's a good spot for them. They're at home and the number is smaller than what it might be, you know, if some other stuff had happened. I think in reality, I'm probably going to stay away from this. If anything, I'm looking at the total opened at 60. I saw it at one of my books up at 63 and a half. It might go up even more by kickoff on Saturday. I think we might have a potential uh, counterplay here playing on the under watching this number go up and up and up. You're always taking your life in your own hands when you're taking big 12 unders. But I do think that in terms of like the strict value, you know, common sense kind of pro gambling approach. I think you would want to be looking at the under here and maybe Texas as well. I really doubt moving on here. I really doubt that many of you watched Boston college, Texas state last week with a lot of attention on Kansas state, Oklahoma, that Texas game, uh, Mississippi state, LSU, and then some primetime games. So I doubt a lot of you watched Boston college, Texas state last week, BC pulled one out of their ass against, we've talked about this a couple of times with Jake Spavadil, a very improved Texas state team, but this is still a Texas State team that should not be competing against a team like Boston College, even in a transition year. I'm guessing a lot of people probably didn't watch that game. How does that impact Boston College's line the following week? They're a 14-point home dog. I know how much you love home dogs and you talk about them every week against North Carolina. Basically, I'm asking you, is there value betting a game involving a team one week after a game in which nobody paid attention to? So I'm guessing, I totally agree with your assessment that very few people probably watch this game, right? Unless you're a BC alum, I doubt you watch this game. I think what people probably did do is when they started looking at this at this upcoming UNC game to potentially bet, they probably said, okay, what did, what did Boston College do last week? And then they go on the ESPN app and they say, okay, narrow win against a G5 program that's not all that good. I think that tells me who Boston College is. So then they start betting North Carolina, laying the points on the road. Again, this is a case where what happened last week, even if it wasn't watched very much, I think the result from last week is dictating the line movement here. This, excuse me, this game opens at 11 and a half. It is now up to 14. This is a clear Boston College or pass spot, okay? You cannot come in on the North Carolina side of this game. Maybe if you came in early in the week, fine. But right now, this is a square, square bet. If you are coming in on North Carolina, you have to bet Boston College plus the 14. You're already getting two and a half extra points from where the line opened. 14 is a key number. Maybe even by the hook if you want to get real weird. Just you got to bet Boston College in the spot. It's Boston College or pass. How does UNC play into this? We've talked quite a bit over the last month about UNC's hype coming into this season and now we're sitting here and yeah the scheduling is still weird but they still only played one game 
We're now three weeks removed from that Syracuse game in which they pulled away in the second half and their 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 defense basically dominated. Syracuse, how does the I don't know if it's like reduced heat on North Carolina because they were pretty hot coming into the year, highly ranked in most polls and rankings, and now they're three weeks removed from a game. I don't want to say like we've forgotten about UNC, but we talked about last week how the top of the ACC is suddenly so intriguing with what Miami is doing, and now North Carolina is kind of just sitting there, and we don't really know that much about North Carolina so far. The other side of that game, how are you evaluating that North Carolina piece of it? I should say that I think that's almost two different conversations, right? Evaluating North Carolina and trying to fit, figure out where they fit in to the national picture, where they fit into that ACC. Are they worthy of the ranking they have right now, which is sort of creeping up on that top 10, which personally I think is ludicrous. Like I do not think they're in that neighborhood. But all of that, that conversation is, is a little bit different than the conversation about the economics of betting Boston College. So... For me, I look at North Carolina going on the road. This is already a double-digit home underdog that's now getting two and a half extra points. It's been bet up to a key number. How good North Carolina is doesn't even enter the equation for me. Like, yes, I think they're overrated, but even if I thought they were properly rated, I'm still betting Boston College here. So those two ideas are kind of divorced for me when we have this conversation. Let's talk about the biggie this week. Auburn, Georgia is the big one. Of course, they meet every single year. Not one of those dumbass SEC cross-divisional series that never happens or happens like every 8 or 12 years. We're still awaiting word. The last update I saw was on Tuesday night. Kirby Smart said that JT Daniels was progressing or or something to that effect. I'm guessing we won't know until right up until kickoff. Uh, So we're still awaiting official word on Georgia's QB situation after that Arkansas game. Georgia is a full touchdown favorite at home over Auburn. This is the biggie nationally, but are you betting any sides of this? And if you're not, is it 100% because of the quarterback situation? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really want a piece of this game just because it's too complicated. It's, I feel like it's really early to evaluate a big game like this. I think principally, if you're forcing me to take a side, I would lean toward Auburn in the points. Anytime you get a full touchdown in a high-profile SEC game like this, generally, that's going to turn out well for you. Uh, so I don't know if, if Auburn's the better team. I don't know if they're going to win. I know I'm getting a full touchdown depending on where my sports book is. It's floating between six and a half and seven. So if you have to bet it, I would lean Auburn, and that's without knowing sort of the breakdown of public versus sharp money off the top of my head. I just think, why am I going to force myself to take a position on this game? I don't know what's going on with Georgia. I don't know which team I saw last week talking about Georgia. I don't know which Georgia team is the real Georgia team. The total train wreck that I saw in the first half or the absolutely miraculous backdoor cover that I got in the second half, land 26. I mean, I just don't know what I have there yet. So why am I going to try to force a position on something that I don't fully understand? If I have to make a lean, it's Auburn plus the points, but I don't really want to be involved in this game. Let's move on to some games that you do understand. Uh, Oklahoma going on the road. They're a seven-point favorite at Iowa State. You've shown a little bit of love for East Carolina getting value there. They have Georgia State. I believe they're at home. Excuse me. No, they're on the road. Georgia State, a slight one-point favorite. I'm looking at Bavada for those of you that are listening. NC State, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, 14-point favorite at home. Baylor, West Virginia. We also have a really intriguing one. After last week's games, Kansas State 
and Texas Tech in Manhattan. Kansas State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Any of those among your best bets, and what else do you feel really damn good about this week? Yeah, so this is, uh, I think I'll start by saying this is a tougher board than I think we've had the last few weeks. There are a lot of big numbers, a lot of numbers that are kind of in no man's land, like some some eight, some 19s and some 12s and some weird stuff like that. Uh, I, I'll start with a couple of the ones you mentioned. Let's start with Kansas State and Texas Tech, which I think was the last one you mentioned. Uh, this is This is an interesting number to me. This actually gave me pause. So Kansas State coming off of the win over Oklahoma is that it opened as three and a half and now it's been bet down to they are a two and a half point favorite at home against Texas Tech, which as you stated earlier, you and I both think one of the two worst teams in the Big 12. Uh, that is kind of a surprising line to me. You know, we talk a lot, including in this episode, about how how the marketplace changes after a big result. You know, we were talking about what would Texas be if that game went a little differently. Well, Kansas State is now coming off of a top five road win, and they're coming home, and they're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against a team that we don't think is very good. Some of that could be COVID-related. I know they're missing some players. Some of that could be respect for Texas Tech that they kept it so close with Texas, but I don't, I don't really think the books love Texas that much. And knowing that public betters like to come out of the woodwork for teams after they have a big splashy win, it's kind of surprising that they don't put a bigger number on Kansas State to prevent people from trying to just wipe them out on the Kansas State side of it. But on the other hand, the fact that this number has gone from three and a half to two and a half suggests that there is money coming in on Texas Tech. So at first blush, my reaction is Kansas State, Kansas State, Kansas State pounded away. This just the whole situation here makes me really uncomfortable. I don't even know if I'm going to bet this game yet as much as I like Kansas State and as much as I like getting them at two and a half instead of at three and a half where it opened. So there's some stuff that I like there, but also some stuff that really gives me pause. I'm going to have to figure out later in the week closer to kickoff what I want to do with that. Probably one of those situations where I'm going to be really carefully watching what's going on and who's available Saturday before the game starts. Uh, Another one you mentioned East Carolina and Georgia State. I have definitely been pounding the East Carolina train for reasons, uh, multi, you know, that we've listed over several podcasts over the years. Uh, so I don't want to get all into that background again. But climb aboard the Mike Houston train. I this for me, it's not just an East Carolina thing. It's it's where the number is. The number really tells me that this is a good play this week. So if you followed along on the East Carolina bet last week. You got a cover there at the end. Nicely done for the Pirates. I like the Pirates again this week. They're on the road playing against Georgia State. I think we all know East Carolina football has not been in the greatest place the last few years. And yet, the road team is a pick'em. So that tells me you should probably be on the East Carolina side here. Uh, so that is probably a bet that I'm going to be locking in probably before the end of the day today because I want to get it before the number changes. You mentioned NC State and Pitt. This is another one, I think, where uh, NC State, I think they opened as 14.5-point underdogs, and it was pretty quickly bet up to 14. This, 
along with a lot of other games we talk about this week and other weeks, this is the you're never as bad as your worst game. You're never as good as your best game, right? The last two weeks, NC State looked like a Big 12 offense playing against Wake Forest. And then last week, they look absolutely terrible and outclassed against Virginia Tech. I don't know where this team lives. I'm guessing it's probably between the two poles somewhere of the last two weeks. Uh, but going on the road after a really bad loss where they just didn't look good at all, you know, I get to buy low. They're getting two full touchdowns. They're going against Pitt, which usually has a questionable ATS record when they're playing as a big favorite. Uh, this is just a good spot to bet NC State. Conference game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I like NC State plus the 14. Uh, um, quick mention of just Bama going against A&M. Bama's laying 18. I know I was just talking about not overreacting to what we see one week later, but I don't know how you bet Texas A&M catching 18 points against Alabama after what you saw last week. For me, this is probably a stay away, but maybe even a slight lean onto Alabama. I think Texas A&M is repeatedly overvalued when they go against Alabama just because Johnny Manziel beat Alabama one time eight years ago. It's ridiculous. So give me a lean on Bama. Uh, Virginia Tech is laying about nine and a half points at Duke. Uh, I like Virginia Tech. They looked great last week. Uh, I think they're going to look good again this week. I think Duke is probably not very good this year after the performance I watched last week when they played UVA. I, I don't know how much stuff like this matters, but Duke absolutely smashed Virginia Tech in Blacksburg last year. So I'm wondering if there's any kind of revenge factor in play. Even if there's not, Tech is just a way better team. I'm happy to lay the 9.5 on the road. They're a way better team. Kentucky minus 7 against Ole Miss is an interesting spot. Uh, I, I think just the talent gap and getting Kentucky off a loss like that, seven's not a terribly large number, so I might might be inclined to give that a look, maybe a small play. And then a teaser I'm actually putting together for this week. I don't do a ton of teasers in college. It's more of an NFL thing for me. But Clemson laying 28 against UVA, BYU laying 24 right now against Louisiana Tech, and Georgia Southern on the road laying 20 against uh, Louisiana Monroe. If you could get some kind of 10-point teaser, that might be a nice play uh, that, that you could string some of those together. And maybe you throw the ECU thing in there too and you get the Pirates plus 10 on the road to really lock that in and uh, boost, your, boost your odds, boost your payoff. That is some of the stuff on this week's board that I'm looking at. Like I said, tougher board this week, some weird numbers, but I do think there's a couple spots to dig out some nice plays. Before we go here, one more game that I want to ask you about. You mentioned A&M. They played Vandy last week. Uh, you were very low on LSU coming into the season. You were even lower them, uh, on them now. You were questioning whether or not they were a top 25 team. They go to Vandy this week, still 20.5-point favorites. How on earth are you evaluating this game? Uh, by staying the hell away from it is the big thing. Uh, I don't want to overreact to, in a gambling sense, I don't want to overreact to what I saw last week with LSU. At the same time, Vanderbilt goes to College Station, plays a pretty competitive game, keeps it close. LSU, even after the loss, probably still going to be a, a big public team where they're going to attract a lot of money. The only people betting on Vanderbilt are pros. There are not regular-ass people out there that are like, just Saturday casual betters betting on Vanderbilt. That doesn't happen. 
So again, this is kind of a situation where if you're going to force me to take a side, give me Vanderbilt and the points. But I just don't want any part of this game. There's better spots. I don't want to try to evaluate two teams that have given me a massive pause in terms of how I need to evaluate them. I need some more data going forward before I feel comfortable with that. All right, please join us back here on Monday. Monday morning, the episode will drop right away at 6 a.m. Central, and then the High Motor Podcast will be back one week from today for Week 6 betting as we get closer to the return of the Big Ten and closer to the return of other conferences. We'll get a much bigger schedule this, uh, hopefully, in the next few weeks here, and that'll make these episodes uh, even more meaty for you. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks for checking out the High Motor Podcast. I saw a friend today. It had been a while. And we forgot each other's names But it didn't matter Cause deep inside The feeling still remained the same We talked of knowing one Before you've met And how you feel more than you see And other worlds that lie in spaces in